And welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some readers might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. I'm your host, Kayla, the Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. Hello. Today, I'm going to be reading the first chapter from Don't Want to Be Your Monster by Deke Moulton. This author is the former U.S. Army drill sergeant and trained as an Arabic linguist during their time in service. Their book is a middle grade book that was published in August of 2023, so just recently, if you're just listening, and it is their debut novel. It is a new, new book. And here is the summary. Adam and Victor are brothers who have the usual fights over the remote, which movie to watch, and whether or not it's morally acceptable to eat people. Well, not so much eat, just drink a little blood. They're vampires hiding in plain sight with their electic yet loving family. When bodies start to appear all over town, those fights become something more. Adam wants to use his vampiric abilities to protect mortals and track down the killer, while Victor could care less about those same mortals who see vampires like him only as villains. Even as it becomes clear the murders are bait and a vampire hunter is looking for their family, Is it possible for Adam and Victor to reconcile their differences and work together? Or will it be too late? Ooh. Okay. So this is a juvenile fantasy with some paranormal elements, and it's a murder mystery, which might be obvious from the summary. It also addresses the anti-Semitism surrounding vampire lore. So if you are not as familiar with that backstory, there's this whole section from the author in the back that talks about it. And I also didn't know that, and it was so interesting to learn. And of course, fall is almost over, but it's still Iowa, and the weather is weird, so so can your reading. You can read spooky autumnal books at any time of year. Some content warnings for this book is anti-Semitism, murder, and blood and gore. Please take care of yourself first. So, without further ado, let's get started on the first chapter. Chapter 1. Adam. I know my brother is evil, but that has nothing to do with him being a vampire. We're sneaking out for this, I ask, as I peer down from the rooftop Victor has finally stopped on. It's not like I don't know what my brother brought me to. Even though my eyes sting from the lights of downtown, nighttime Olympia, one sign draws my attention. Under neon letters spelling out capital, the theater marquee reads, The Lost Boys, Saturday, January 13th, 7 p.m., which is today, right now. The question is why we're here. Victor lowers his hands. He's done one of those ta-da gestures, like he's brought me to something that's a lot more fun than an old theater. It's the kind that plays movies that have been out for decades. Pretty much the most useless place to risk getting in trouble for sneaking out to, since we can easily see the movie from home. This, Victor asks, fake offended over the way I said the word, this is the best movie of all time, Adam. That is totally a matter of opinion. The Lost Boys is Victor's 
current favorite movie, a movie we watched last night from our very own couch. It can't be the only reason we snuck out. If the moms knew, I start to say, they're at work, Victor says, they'll never know, but the mortals, that has to work. The streets below us is filled with them. Sure, they aren't acting all that scary, laughing and waiting in a line, taking selfies, the least threatening anyone could be nowadays. But I know that mortals also hate vampires, hunted us. Exactly, the mortals, Victor says, grinning wide enough that I can see his fangs. Everything about Victor reminds me of an icicle. His blonde hair is perfectly styled around his pale face, and his blue eyes sparkle as he grins. Not at all worrying about death by moms. After watching the movie, they're going to be so easy to scare. Seriously? Sneaking out to watch a movie is one thing. Sneaking out to scare people? I'm going home. Victor latches onto my arm. I squirm, but I can't get away. Partly, that's because I'm only 10, and he's 14, but also partly because I'm skinnier and scrawnier, and all around more puny than Victor, which isn't fair because we've both been drinking the same blood for the last nine years, but somehow he's grown up to be so much stronger than me. Don't worry, Victor says. You really think your big brother is going to let a bunch of mortals get you? I scowl. We aren't related. Not by blood, as mortals would say, which I need to point out is the weirdest saying. It's not like vampires can be born. We're brothers because our moms run what is pretty much a vampire foster home, rescuing anyone they can from more dangerous situations. Victor has never told me how he ended up bitten and in the Rossi house when he was only four, but I know my own story. Mom turned me herself when I was only a baby. Who my mortal parents were, I'll never know. But if mortal brothers are as annoying as vampire ones, I hope I was an only child. I try again to pull free from Victor's grip. Fine. I give up. Follow me, Victor says, the grin back on his face. No one notices us leap clear across the alley onto the opposite roof. The giant mural on the wall, spelling out Olympia, gives us enough cover when we hop down from the multi-story building next to some dumpsters. We peer around the corner. At least we're dressed for moving around in the night. I'm wearing my comfy black hoodie and jeans. Victor has been dressing differently lately, and tonight is no exception. A black button-up shirt and dark washed jeans. Not at all prepared for if the sun comes up, but at least his clothes are dark. I pull my hood back, brushing my wavy brown hair out of my eyes. I scowl again at the theater marquee. The movie hasn't even started yet, I say. Your point is, Victor said, aren't you going to scare the mortals after the movie? I ask, we, Victor corrects, we are going to scare the mortals together. But there's no way I'm missing the Lost Boys. Victor laughs. I thought you knew me. It's rated R, I say. They're not going to let us in. They will if I... Victor wiggles his fingers in a spooky way. Tell them to. I groan, realizing what Victor's grand plan for sneaking into the movie is. Charisma. Using our natural vampire charm to encourage mortals to think whatever we want them to. Like that two kids are actually old enough to watch an R-rated movie without their parents. Tell me, Adam, Victor goes on, either not noticing my lack of enthusiasm or ignoring it. Do you want a beard? I'll make you a big, burly guy. This isn't going to work, I said. You don't even know how to use charisma. Neither mom nor mama has ever taught you how. Watch and learn then, Victor says, as he begins sauntering toward the ticket booth. I'm going to be a natural. There's no use arguing with him. I pull my hood back on, tugging it as low as it goes, 
and hurry to catch up with Victor. My heart is in my throat, beating hard. The streets have emptied. Victor, despite his bravado, waited until the mortals in line had gotten their tickets and the sidewalk in front of the theater was empty. But still, my heart races. I clench my teeth so I don't accidentally reveal my fangs. Sure, Victor has tried to explain cosplay to me, that mortals dress up as characters from shows they like, which means no one will think we're actually real vampires watching a vampire movie if they see our fangs, but there is no way I'm going to take that risk. Victor, on the other hand, grinning the widest grin possible. The mortal on the other side of the glassed-in ticket booth doesn't look impressed. Two tickets, please, Victor says. He drops the tone of the voice, trying to sound older, and I nearly laugh at him. Isn't it past your bedtime, the mortal asked. Victor clenched his fists. I could see them trembling. We're 18. The mortal laughs so hard that Victor storms away. He retreats into the alley, and I follow him up onto the rooftop. So, charisma failed, I said. Really, Victor asks. I'm so glad you pointed that out. There's no way I wouldn't have realized that didn't work if you hadn't told me that right now. Thanks. He doesn't say anything else as he takes off, jumping from rooftop to rooftop, heading east, heading home. I might have felt bad for Victor. It isn't the first time he's tried to do some cool vampire thing and failed. But I also know that for us to really tap into all our powers, to be able to convince a mortal that two kids are actually grown-ups, for example, we need at least two things we don't have. Lessons, for starters, and a lot of blood to drink. A lot more than what our mom is usually able to sneak home. We settle to the sidewalk once we get to the I-5 underpass. We never jump over the interstate. There's too many cars and not enough trees. And cars have dash cams. It would be too easy to get caught. Now that we've slowed to a stop, I can actually talk to Victor. I catch up to his side. Look, maybe... My head snaps up at the exact moment as Victor's. Do you smell that? Of course I do. It's the best smell in the world. Blood. Our eyes meet, and without a word, we're off. Under the bridge, back onto the rooftops, following our noses. I almost can't think. I'm sure Victor isn't thinking at all. We are close to Hunt Tamer Park, when the flashing red and blue lights of about a dozen police cars, fire trucks, and an ambulance stops us. Victor pushes my head down, and even then, he only risks his eyes peering over the ledge of the building. It's a murder, he whispers, ducking his head down as well. A murder? My voice cracks. How do you know? You can't hear them? Victor asks. I don't want to admit that the only thing I can hear is my pulse hammering against my eardrums. I shake my head. They're talking about setting up a perimeter, Victor says. You can smell it though, right? I nod. I can't see the body, but from the smell of it, I know it's a middle-aged man. There's a lot of different blood I can smell too. Bright red, oxygen-rich blood. Thick, dark, oozing, veiny blood. All of it smells absolutely delicious. He's been slashed apart, Victor whispers, peering over the ledge again. Werewolves? I ask. Nah, Victor says. Werewolves don't kill people. It's definitely mortals. It's the way they are. They don't even need to kill. Not like us. They just hate each other. Maybe we can help, I ask. You know, look for the killer. We heal way faster than mortals do, so we could try to stop the murderer, and even if they try to... Victor cuts me off with a laugh. They hate us more than they hate each other. He looks back at the scene and shakes his head, disappointed. What a waste of blood, he says. Come on. Victor pushes himself away from the ledge, away from the smell and the flashing lights. Brace you home. That is a really short chapter, so let's read the second one. 
You guys ready? Chapter two, Adam. Get off, I say, from under Victor's butt. Or at least I talk as well as I can while being sat on. Not until you give it back. Get off. I'll fart on you, Victor warns. It's a bold thing to say for someone who doesn't digest. But we both watch enough TV to know that mortals fart and that it's unpleasant. And it's a good enough threat to use if you're sitting on someone. I'll tell mom. Mom doesn't get home for another hour, Victor says, leaning forward enough so I can see his face. Victor pulls back his lips as if going out of his way to show off his fangs. They're sparkling white in the darkness of the living room. I really don't think sitting on someone is enough to kick off bloodlust. Vampires can't eat other vampires anyway, but it's not like I want to find out if I'm wrong. Dude, give the remote back, Victor says. I promise we don't have to watch the end this time. I will absolutely skip the part where they kill all the vampires. You just need to see the cool parts. Get off, Victor, I growl back, showing off my own fangs. You're breaking my jaw. You talk great for a kid with a broken jaw. I'm serious. Then you better hope mom brings you home young blood today and not stuff from someone with osteoporosis. Fine, take it, I grumble, and push my hand out from between my chest and the couch. Victor jumps off me and is instantly all smiles, like always, now that he's won control over the TV. Jerk, I mumble, wiping my hair out of my eyes. I know Victor can hear me, but he pushes play on our ancient DVD player, combing his fingers through his hair and getting it back in style. If he couldn't watch The Lost Boys in a mortal theater and scare a bunch of people, then he was definitely going to watch it once we got home. But I'm not in the mood to watch a movie where a bunch of mortals get eaten. I push myself off the couch. Where are you going? Victor asks, tilting his head in my direction, but not taking his eyes off the screen. Look, look, see? That mortal thinks he's so tough, but just wait for it. I don't answer. I shouldn't have to. There's no way Victor completely forgot that we stumbled upon a real-life murder not even ten minutes ago. Unfortunately, it's hard to get away from Victor in our own house. Even though the couch and TV are tucked away in one corner of the first floor, the whole house is wide and open. Bookshelves line the walls, and there are a few squishy black armchairs Victor and I have used for more making forts than sitting on. I stop at the closest lamp to the TV and turn it on, the red light from the bulb illuminating the shelves. All of our lamps have red lights in them, just like all of our walls are painted in dark colors. White lights bouncing off of white walls? My eyes hurt just thinking about it. I don't know how mortals deal with that. The bookshelves contain a little bit of everything. My eyes skim the spines of the hundreds of books, journals and novels, and so many travel books. Black porcelain vases dot the space between the books, filled with dried roses and snapdragons. And then there are the nichnacks from all over the world. Random little things, all of the mementos of the other vampires who have passed through these walls. What would any of them do if they saw a murder? Victor laughs at something in the movie. I want to say something, like asking my brother why he drools over a movie that does vampires so wrong, that makes vampires evil. The only people we know are other vampires, and of them act like the mortal actors pretending to be us on screen. It wouldn't have mattered. Victor's answer never changes. At least they look cool. My brother has a point. Compared to what our moms do, a nurse working night shift at a hospital, and an astronomer at the local university, 
prowling an amusement park looking for kids to freak out and blood to drink is much cooler. I'm going there someday, Victor calls out to me. I cave. I walk back over to the couch and glance at the screen. The clan of teen vampires is strolling around on the loof carousel. They're not even playing the ring game, I say. Neither of us has ever been to the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, but since Victor is obsessed with this movie, we've spent hours on Google Street View pretending to be there. But let me say how completely unfair it is that there's no nighttime option. We've learned all about the boardwalk, and we learned that the carousel the vampires in the movie are on right now has a game you can play while you ride. You grab a ring on one side and then throw the ring into a clown's mouth on the other side, all while the carousel is spinning. You don't get anything if you win, maybe bragging rights with your brother, but that at least looks more fun than scaring people. When we go, you have to promise we'll play the ring game, I say. Who says I'm going for the rides, Victor says. I narrow my eyes. Why else would you go? As if on cue, some security guards start screaming in the movie and running away from the flying vampires. I scowl. Thinking jerk teenagers were cool was one thing, but in the movie, that screaming guy got all his blood drunk, got killed, just like the guy that got murdered tonight. Victor laughs. I scowl, but Victor doesn't seem to notice. Look, I get it. It's a movie. It's not real. But I don't want to even think about eating people the way mortals think vampires do. Hunting, killing, biting viciously into mortal necks while they scream? Not like how mom does it. How all vampires used to do it. Gently, respectfully, taking just a little at a time. Just what we need to live. We used to be friends with mortals, but one look at the movie is all I need to remember that they forget. Just think about all we could do if we had that much to drink, Victor said. We just saw a murder, I tell Victor. Don't remind me, he says, but he goes to hold his stomach like he's hungry. What a waste. I push past Victor, even going out of my way to bump into him and stomp to the stairs leading up to my bedroom. What gives? I don't answer. My foot stomps echo in the old and drafty Victorian two-story house. I bet you could hear from the outside, but no one is around to listen. Our house is in the middle of a rainy forest of towering fir trees down a long, dark gravel road no one even uses to turn their cars around. Victor and I aren't the only ones home, though we might as well be. I walk past my other siblings' doors. It's not like Sung is available to vent to. The sign on their door saying, final semester, knock, and I take your hand, is a warning I'm going to pay attention to. I'm sure my vampire healing skills are powerful enough that I could probably reattach my hand if it got lopped off, but that's a theory I'm not about to test. Though it makes me feel even more alone that I've got family all around me and no one to talk to. I flop onto my bed, the bottom bunk of the bunk bed I share with Victor. I know the myth is that vampires sleep in coffins, but we don't. I can kind of see where mortals are coming from, though. We sleep during the day, which is the opposite of what they do, so they've got to think it's weird. Plus, we sleep deeply enough that we probably appear dead. Maybe that's why mortals think we're undead? But it's not like we're zombies, or so evil we're not allowed to die, or what other weird stuff they come up with. I pull my black and navy quilt over me like a tent. Without thinking, I reach over to my nightstand to grab a magazine. My mom brings home old magazines, the ones that the hospital keeps in the ER waiting room for people who forgot to bring a phone charger. I used to pore over them, looking at all the people in the photos, always searching for one thing I could never find. 
It wasn't in the pictures of the kids in the school or women kicking a soccer ball, guys sitting on a couch cheering about something, ballet dancers, a bunch of people standing around a construction project. No, I'm looking for a space where a vampire could fit in. Not in the world as it is, that's for sure. The whole drinking blood thing has always made us different from mortals. Different enough that they could be convinced to be freaked out over it. Hundreds of years ago, they did get freaked out over it and started to think we were all too dangerous to live around and they tried to kill us all. Every vampire they didn't kill went into hiding. We did such a good job at it that mortals think we're extinct now. But that doesn't stop them from making movies about us when they want some surefire monster to be scared of. A knock at the door shakes me out of my thoughts. Look, you got the remote, I growl. What else do you... It isn't Victor. Hi, Mom. I greet her gloomily. She steps into my room as graceful as a dancer. I could never get a straight answer out of her about whether or not old-timey movie makers had based their vampires off of her, but she fits the picture perfectly. Pale skin, hazel eyes, brunette hair always pulled back into a bun or a braided crown, and high, super-noticeable cheekbones. She buys any lipstick or nail polish that uses a blood pun. She is in nurse scripts now, but once she's done checking in on everyone, she'll be in a huge maxi skirt. At least I can get away with looking like a normal kid. I have a mop of messy brown hair, brown eyes, and my skin. All vampires are just a bit paler than our mortal counterparts. No sun and all that, but I'm still more tan than Victor. Tan enough to look mortal. Victor is so pale, he could get away with looking like a ghost. Are you and Victor fighting? Mom asks. As if I can say anything. Victor and I aren't supposed to leave the house. Remember what I said about vampires tricking mortals into believing we're extinct? Which means I'd have to admit to sneaking out if I let her know I'm upset about seeing a murder. I'm not about to tell on Victor either. Even if he's joking about eating people, that's high on mom's no-go list. I shrug and finally settle on Victor's being a jerk. It's a solid complaint. He doesn't want to do anything I want to do anymore. He's seriously watching The Lost Boys again. It's the fifth time this week. Mom sits on the corner of my bed and smiles. He's trying to find his place in the world. And he's got one. Like, right here, this house, Lacey, Washington State, Pacific Northwest, United States of America. Mom laughs. He's at the age where that's not the right answer. And I know that's hard when you two have always been so close. But it's part of growing up. Easy for you to say you're like 300 years old. After 40, you stop counting. I groan and throw myself back into my pillow. It's just my luck that I have to put up with mom jokes and Victor going ultimate vampire jerk mode in the same night. I wish I didn't have one person to hang out with, I say. Sung's too busy with school. They don't play anymore. Mom doesn't get the hint. I'm sure I could find some mortal kids, I say. I've never actually seen them, but I definitely know there's mortal kids in town. We have to keep our secrets, mom says, getting the hint now. Mortals don't trust us. We can't risk our family being put in danger for you to find a mortal kid to play with. I'm sorry. I know that's rough to hear. Okay, but then, you know, I glance at the ground. You could bite another kid. The look on mom's face. She isn't angry or upset, but she is surprised, which hurts more. Someone my age, I go on quickly before she responds. It's not fair, Victor got to have a kid brother and I don't. And if you bite someone, I won't be alone. Mom smiles. You aren't alone, sweetie, Mom says. 
And I know that you might not feel that, especially when you and Victor used to do everything together. I'm not saying being a vampire is anything to be ashamed of, but I can't just go around turning people. That's not fair. And especially another kid. I know you are a bit so young you don't remember mortal life, but mortality is something very special. I couldn't take that away from someone. I shrug. You still bit me. You returned for the most special reason of all, Mom says. I'm sorry, I know you'd love another friend, Adam, but I can't. It's okay, I say, even though I can't take my eyes off the ground. You know what, Mom says, way too cheerfully. I know something you could do with your brother. My eyes fall in the bag Mom has with her. I know what's inside. Oh, right, I say. Time to eat. And that's the end of the chapters. I hope you found that chapter intriguing enough to check out. And if not, there's always another book just waiting to be discovered. What do you think is going to happen next in our book with Victor and Adam? Do you think Adam is going to find a friend? And we have one murder and we know there's a string of murders. Do you think they're going to find out what happens? It's exciting. And if you're interested in this book, we have it in print form at our library. If you need any help with your library card, please give us a call or stop in. We'd love to help. If you are interested in some books like this, I have some examples of read-alikes in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and join me next time for another Next Reads.